Crimey Crimey. I am Christy. And I am Amber. And we are joined by Joel and Barb. Because we just hit 100,000 downloads this week. Woo! I am very excited and also drinking champagne. Cheers. 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 So we have invited a couple of our previous guests on the show to join us for a very special episode wherein we will be just talking about the weirdest, craziest, wildest things that we have found in the old-timey newspapers, and it's going to be so much fun! So I'm just going to bypass the whole Patreon thing and all that jazz, and we're just going to get right down to it! Woo! <laughs> I'm very excited! <laughs> Let's hear some headlines, folks! Oh, you're going to get some headlines! It, you know what? You know what is funny about the old days? Is they were really, really weird. <laughs> oh, see, I thought we were going with the sexism and racism. Oh, well, there's that too. That um, wasn't as funny, though. No, no, not nearly as funny. Um, I'm actually going to start off with uh, with some birds. Okay? I've birds? Got two individual stories here about pigeons. Not tits. Not tits. No, pigeons. Not boobies. Not boobies. Pigeons. What is it with ornithologists and naming birds after female anatomy? They're in the woods a lot. What else do they have They're going alone. on? They're lonely. They're lonely. Okay, so this is uh, from New Rochelle, New York in 1912. Judge Edgar M. Phelps of Davenport Neck, New Rochelle, can go supervisor-elect Edward Carson one better in ideas for training pigeons to carry messages. Carson says that he intends to have his carrier pigeons convey messages from his constituents to the supervisor's chamber in White Plains after he takes office on April 1st. Judge Phelps said today that he would soon begin experiments for breeding carrier pigeons and parrots to carry oral messages which he considers safer than the written kind, provided the bird is not captured on the way and made to talk to the wrong politician. If Judge Phelps succeeds in producing a crossbreed, his greatest trouble will be to teach the birds to keep secrets. Wait. Okay, let's unpack this. <laughs> let's unpack the Talking that. birds. Get out the suitcase and uh, let's see what we got in there. Okay, so in the suitcase we have talking pigeons, mm -hmm. which I don't believe are a thing. No, 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 I don't think so. But Maybe then, they were talking crows. Well, I think he crows wants to cross, crossbreed the pigeons with parrots because then the pigeons might get some of the talky talkiness of the parrots. I don't think that's how it works. It is very much mm -hmm. not, no. no. Uh, but also, parrots cannot keep a secret. <laughs> no. Yeah, no, 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 there was one who was trained by a drug dealer to create some sort of alert whenever the police were coming. Well, on that note, he ain't no snitch. <laughs> okay. He uh, just goes, oink, oink. <laughs> I, got some, I got some dope pigeons for you. Oh, good. Let's see Ooh, some dope pigeons. 1928. Uh, pigeons believed means of peddling rings drugs. Lillian Smith, 21-year-old mystery girl in the killing of Frankie Yale, slain gangster, and supposedly one of the ladies of the Yale mob, was the center of a secret raid on her Long Beach dope pigeon farm Monday night. It was revealed late yesterday. While the pigeons, which federal agents charge, are used as carriers for an international narcotic ring, were flapping their wings outside, Long Beach health and police officers entered the Smith home in Long Beach. Hmm. Uh, they found Lillian in bed, they said, apparently still suffering from the psychic paralysis which obtained low bail for her in federal court on May 5th following a raid by narcotic agents. At the time, Lillian's mother, a brother, and another man were also arrested, and the pigeons were discovered. In Monday's raid, the Long Beach officers entered through a window after being denied admittance at the door. 
Lillian may have been weakened by her malady, they declared, but her voice was strong and her lingo was both psychic and paralyzing. <laughs> Whatever that means. If you so-and-sos, the officers quoted Lillian as saying, don't get out of here quick. I've got ammunition enough in this house to fill you so full of lead you'll need a derrick to get your corpses out. Nevertheless, the intrepid Long Beecher served her with a summons returnable yesterday for maintaining a pigeon farm in violation of the health laws. Just before she was to have been arraigned before city judge last night, Lillian obtained a stay of one week at her home. It was said she had departed, psychic paralysis and all, for Manhattan. Hold up. <laughs> Again, there's a lot to unpack, isn't there? So it wasn't that she was using pigeons to transport narcotics that the police had a problem with. No, she had an illegal pigeon farm. It yeah. was the illegal pigeon farm. Yeah, I think this okay. is kind of like an Al Capone tax situation. Hmm. And there's not really, you know, maybe the, using pigeons to transport drugs, there might not be a law on the books that would actually do that or take care of that, but they do have like, hey, you, you're not supposed to have these pigeons here. Drugs though. I drugs, feel like yeah. any presence of drugs trumps the pigeon laws on record at the time. It seems like it's probably one of those things where they slap whatever charge they can at you in order to buy more time to find mm -hmm. other charges. Because it didn't say they found any drugs. It only said they found the pigeons. So, listen, a lot of we thoughts. all know the old adage of where there's drugs, there's pigeons. <laughs> yeah, where there's pigeons, there's drugs, you mean? Yeah, yes. strike that, reverse it. <laughs> so, there were a lot of thoughts that occurred to me. Missy Elliott. And dear listeners. <laughs> Dear listeners, if you find yourself relating to the lady in this tale, please find me. I am a single man, and you seem like you might be what I'm looking for. This honestly seems like maybe the third of, like, like you know, the original Lock, Stock, and Two Smoking Barrels, and then there was Snatch. Mm -hmm. This is going to be the third one of, was that Guy Ritchie? Yes. Yeah. Yes. So at some point, there will be a movie with some person, nigh catatonic, on a couch with pigeons all over the room and little baggies with powder. Yeah, I love it. And well, the pigeons are doing I, cocaine. I see it. I see it. Oh, so was it psychic paralysis? Psychic because paralysis. I have been shooting for that for so long in my life. We've oh. all been trying for the psychic paralysis, but you know what? Good old Lillian, she beat us to the punch many, many years ago. So, Chrissy is going to kick my butt here. I, too, have two bird stories for you. We are the same person. Every single day, it seems like we're all, we're becoming, we're merging. I'm really hoping that she can take some of my chronic pain and I can have some of her hair. I can see that. It sounds creepy as hell, but I just have very fine hair and I want more and Amber's got it. It's very I, hot. So it's very hot. We're calling this old-timey birdie tonight? Old-timey birdie. Is, is there a bird that rhymes with crimey? Old birdie dirty? Old dirty birdie. Old dirty birdie. Old dirty birdie. Okay. okay. I mean, I've known you guys story, for a minute. Amber. It seems appropriate. <laughs> yeah. So mine are not nearly as cool as Christie's. I just had two that I found interesting. So when Commander Finn Rune set sail recently from Beaumont for an 18-month scientific expedition to the South Pole, he took along five white leghorn hens and a rooster owned by Irving L. Bush of Waco, Texas. Bush is wondering whether they will lay eggs at the South Pole. How did I know Waco, Texas was coming into this evening's event? And why do all these names sound fake? Because they're all from Texas. <laughs> Literally every article, I found this 
Texas Monthly Update. Ooh. Or Texas in Brief, or some shit like that is what it was called. Really didn't think that that word was going to end with F. Yeah. <laughs> Inbreed. Texas Inbreed. That's, but that's so I, I found this, like, it was across three newspapers, this, like, monthly update of just short blurbs of Texas, and I found a gold mine of Texas crap. And so uh, the next one. Catches eagle with bare hands. Ooh. Oh. <laughs> Hector J. Stockton of Otashalik, Howard County, recently caught an eagle with his bare hands. Stockton, an oil worker, saw the bird near a highway. He stopped his auto and sneaked up upon it, but it took off just as Stockton lunged forward and grabbed its tail. After a battle, Stockton subdued the eagle with a stick. <laughs> Well then, the wing spread <laughs> measured six feet four inches. Damn, that's listen. You guys can't. So I was say. actually going to tell you a pigeon catching anecdote earlier, but chose not to. But now it seems like the time. Um, if you offer treats to a bird, perhaps a piece of salami, um, it's particularly specific. a pigeon at the Cathedral of Learning in Pittsburgh, um, as they are distracted by their delicious nitrous filled treat. You may snatch <laughs> upon them and thus capture a pigeon. I don't recommend this. I mean, <laughs> it, it went well for me. <laughs> However, if you do ever find yourself in the situation of needing to grab a bird, the safer way to do it is to grab a towel or a blanket. Yes. And Burrito lay it. it upon them and roll it up gently. Burrito the bird. There is no reason to ever need a bird. They are descendants of dinosaurs and innately evil. I have ducks, dude. You love my ducks. Your ducks are fine. Pigeons? You think that English Bob has big duck energy. He does have big duck energy. <laughs> but pigeons are a whole nother thing. I had pet pigeons for well over a decade. Pigeons are, no. no. How are we just learning this about you? You did not know about Bert and Ernie? I know about Bert and Ernie. We had two extra side pigeons that came just to hang out for a week or two. When I puked off the porch of the White House, I had met Bert and Ernie that day. Yes. Not the actual White House, but a White House in which Amber no, resided. No, that night it that was the White House. It had, it had the big pillars and Joel was really drunk. All right, I have, I have one more bird thing, actually. Oh, kind God. Of. Um, so this is a big egg record smashed to bits. Oh, no. This is actually in McKeesport, PA. Oh. I've been there. At the Thayer Poultry Yard, number 617 North Evans Avenue, a pretty lady, a thoroughbred barred Plymouth Rock hen, daughter of the nameless one, yeah, epic, has produced the biggest egg brought to the attention of local farmers, fanciers. This particular egg measures eight and a half by six and a half inches. What kind of bird? I don't know. Okay, it's, it's, a, it's a hen, a Plymouth Rock hen. Hen, thoroughbred. I left my phone on the porch. I, feel like I did a little back. bit of research into the biggest eggs that have been laid, and the thing is, is that in recent years, even decades, they've not measured it in inches or even size. They've measured it in weight. Volume. Volume, yeah. So it, it, I, I can't really compare because I didn't have the information on how Plymouth Rock, much I'm volume. Pretty sure it's chicken. Plymouth Rock Hen. Yeah, yeah, I'm pretty sure and that's a, a chicken. Yeah, it's a chicken. Rock chicken. Yeah. Jackson's showing us a picture right yes, now. Yes, it's a chicken. We do have a studio audience. In fact, we have a Jackson sitting over in the big blue chair. <laughs> Being our studio audience and also showing us pictures of chickens. Because, like, if any of you dear listeners have 
access to an ostrich or an emu and want to send me an egg, I kind of want to fry one. Joel just is saying. really, really <laughs> tapping on the listener base for his own desires. You see, he's trying to find a girlfriend. He's trying to find eggs. I hope these aren't the same thing. Um, no, no, they're definitely not the same thing. There's a surgery upcoming that's going to oh. solve egg, the egg issue. Yeah. <laughs> Barb's hand is on her face. Anthrocron was last month. Or this month. Oh, no. However, I don't want it as lady human eggs. I don't want. Okay. Amber, what have you got? I'm I'm going to tell you about a cow. <laughs> this, this article is entitled, Don't Blame the Cow. And this podcast is old-timey farming. Texas, man. All, almost all of my shit is farm-related in one way or another. Because this, huh. is, this is all 1930s and 40s Texas. Nice. A Jersey cow in Sweetwater should not be blamed for running away from her home. After she had disappeared, a want ad in the Sweetwater Reporter told this story. Lost. Small brown Jersey cow. Left horn missing. Black face and forelegs. Call Steakhouse on East Broadway. Um. That's dark. I'm out. I like it. I like it. It's dark. I don't think a cow should ever be blamed for wandering away from any sort of farm or ag situation because they Good are not cow there. got the hell out. Yeah. <laughs> no, I fully, like, if I had the land and a cow escaped the slaughterhouse, I'd be like, you know, you're my, you're my boy. Come on in. <laughs> but at the same time, in this newspaper, I'm just going to do another one because Go mine ahead. are really short. Sure. Yeah. There is rabid foxes running around. Oh. Over 50 people were bitten and treated for rabies last month as a result of being bitten by rabid foxes. A widespread extermination campaign has been started to wipe out the animals in Sabine, Newton, and Jasper counties. What year was that? This was uh, 1998. I mixed my shit up. I believe 1948. I tried to keep track of dates because I knew somebody was going to ask at one point. Eventually, I was just like, no, I'm just not going to know. No, you knew. I'm going to say it was sometime between 1875 and 1935. You knew someone was going to ask, but you knew it was Barb. Yeah, that's true. The vaccine's been around since 1885. Okay. So, those 50-some people are very lucky. I believe I did see a follow-up that only, like, three of them actually died. I actually do have another animal-related one. I didn't think I did, but I scrolled through and I found it. It's, it's totally different, and this will segue us into crime. Okay. So, prisoners crow out a welcome. There may be honor among thieves, but there is little real sympathy for the new prisoners who join the ranks of the Summit County Jail. The disposition of the new arrival is given a severe test the first day or two he is behind the bars. The other prisoners, those who have been confined to the institution any length of time, think out many plans to give their cellmates a hearty reception. One of the most striking instances which has ever occurred at the local jail was on Monday night when Charles Willis and Fred Beadle, charged with stealing calves and chickens, were transferred from the city to the county jail. The minute they were brought by in by the deputy, the other prisoners got wise to their identity, and for almost a half hour, the jail proper was filled with strange sounds. Some of the men took it upon themselves to imitate chickens, and the cackling and crowing could be heard for a block. Others bellowed like calves, and the sheriff and his deputies had much trouble in quieting down the men. See, we segue from animals to crime. I would 100% be that guy making the cow and chicken impressions. 
<laughs> I'll even throw in some quacks for you, even if you haven't stolen a duck. I can imitate, uh, you know, some of our ducks. They, they do it, they start high and then they go faster and lower. So it's quack, 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 quack. So all I'm thinking is, if I end up in jail again, <laughs> I'm making animal noises until they release me. You will be very popular, sir. I have another animal <laughs> and crime. <laughs> we don't do this on purpose, I swear to God. Completely independent. We have the same brain now. Sometimes a theme just presents itself. I mean, I have other stuff that's not animal and crime related, but we'll get there. I, I, so I just fell in love with this cow. Um, <laughs> this one does. The headline, cow gives sheriff a tip. Just the tip. Just the tip. Just the tip. Just, just to see how it feels. Just the teat. A forlorn, forlorn cow <laughs> whose calf had disappeared two weeks earlier led Sheriff Cheater Holtz of Orange County to a barn on a neighboring farm. So the, the print is terrible in this mm. newspaper. To a barn on a neighboring farm where she apparently believed her calf had been taken. Sheriff Holtz said the cow had mooed until he was released, or she was released, to lead the police to where her calf was taken oh. at the neighbor's barn. The cow was correct. <laughs> Jacuz! <laughs> Jamuz! But the neighbor Sorry. had already butchered the calf. No! Oh, bastard. Man. You didn't even have us in the first half. You had us in the first, like, nine-tenths. No, the <laughs> owner of the barn was arrested and charged with theft. Damn. Oh, poor Mama Cow. So Mama Cow spazzed for two months until the sheriff is like, fine, cow, lead the way. <laughs> and Lassie the fucking cow is just like, my, my baby is in here. Yeah, like that. <laughs> Sometimes the motorcycles speeding past provide a, a nice little soundtrack. A cow's never lied to me. Just saying. <laughs> All right, well, let's do um, some crime. I like the way you think. You, yeah, well, we're going to do some crime. So how about, um, this one is actually out of Pittsburgh. I found uh, the Akron Beacon Journal in the 1910s. You go to the second page, and it's all these little news bits that are just great. It's a, it's a like treasure Like blurbs. Trip. Yeah, little blurbs, yeah. So this is another victim to get another sting. 1912. Another alleged victim of Anton Kresge, now in jail on numerous charges of having buncoed credulous foreigners out of thousands of dollars by selling skyscrapers, hotels, and bonds that he pretended to own, has turned up at Central Station. He is Joseph Grambowitz. Grambowitz? Grambowitz. A saloon keeper. It's right there. Grambowitz. Yeah, I would agree. Okay, Grambowitz. A saloon keeper in Passaic, New Jersey, who says he was swindled to the extent of $390 in a very crude manner. It is said that Kresge, after making the acquaintance of the Passaic man, made a lavish display of good money and told the saloon keeper that he owned a machine that would turn out the money and took him to an office building. A crank on a machine was turned, and money that had been placed in it beforehand rolled out. The saloon keeper says he gave Kresge $390 for an old sausage grinder. Kresge was identified in the county jail as the man whom, he says, swindled him. Okay, so first of all, this is a sausage grinder. 
that he's trying to pass off as uh, something that can create counterfeit bills. And second of all, the victim here, it's kind of like when your drug dealer rips you off. <laughs> like, I hate when that happens. There, there is something in the law cons- that, that is called clean hands. Mm. That when you are getting into doing crimes and crimes are done unto you, you can't recoup your losses because you were doing crimes, man. <laughs> This also, isn't the first time I've heard of a, sim- a scam like that. If you're calling the cops when, like, because your crime didn't go through right, <laughs> right? You're you're not not the, the cop person stole my money. <laughs> yeah, like if I buy, dr- if you were to buy drugs from someone and they're like, they sell you bunk drugs, it's like it's the cost of doing business. Essentially, yeah. But this isn't the first time I've heard of something like that. Mm. I've heard of similar con men who have demonstrated a magnificent box where you would yes, I do give the con one. men <laughs> Amber, everybody. Intrepid <laughs> um, co-host with the magnificent box. <laughs> okay, please leave with that every, every I, interaction. I'm broken. <laughs> um, but no, there was another con man who said, I have this wonderful counterfeiting machine. I will show you how it works. Now, this is just a demo model. I will be making one just for you, special and custom. And it'll, you know, it'll take some time. But, you know, you give me the money now, and I will send it to you. And naturally, no, no magic counterfeiting box was ever forthcoming. So, um, <laughs> I just love the idea of people finding randos in a bar and being like, oh, clearly this man has my personal interests invested. That was very much the way of scamming people for many, many years, and probably still is a little it's bit. It's a ballsy endeavor to be like, hey, give me some money, and I'll give you something illegal, but then because again, you're not going to shoot me. We're all kind of a little drunk. We might all fall for something right about now. <laughs> I wouldn't fall for that one. I no. wouldn't fall for that one. I'm not, say- I'm not saying that one. I have so- never committed a crime. Now, drug-carrying <laughs> drug pigeons. Drug-carrying pigeons might catch me. Mm-hmm. I might stick a finger or two in a magic box. I mean, you went there. You, you she did. She does go there. You saw the road on the regular, and you went there. Yep. All right, Amber, what you got? Aside I, from your magic box, I got one for Joel because this one actually reminded me a lot of Joel. Oh God! A Dallas man brought up in city court for violating an ordinance prohibiting smoking in an inflammable area such as warehouses or gasoline dumps. Told the judge he wasn't really guilty. Why not, the judge asked. The sign didn't say, positively no smoking, the man replied. <laughs> he was fined $5. <laughs> so, I was t- so my sister's birthday is on the t- Tuesday, whatever Tuesday is. And I bought her a birthday present on the Amazon. It's a sloth necklace. And she, I told her, I'm like, hey, you're going to get a birthday present in the mail on Tuesday. She's like, oh, you didn't have to do that. I was like... You have known me literally your entire <laughs> life. I have never once in the, she's going to be 33, in the 33 years that you have existed, have I ever once done something that I didn't want to do? <laughs> and like, when I, back when I was welding on railroad cars, like, I smoked wherever I wanted. <laughs> what are you going to do? What are you going to do? Yeah. What? It, it didn't say positively. It didn't. Yeah, there, were no, there were no no smoking signs. Like, I, like it doesn't say no smoking for real, though. 
All right, I've got a murder that uh, happens very interestingly here. So uh, this is in New Jersey. It's a bloody affray between butchers. Oh, and um, that's concerning. Someone actually does bring a knife to a gunfight, but it doesn't turn out like you'd expect. On the highway a short distance above Union Hill and a few miles from Hoboken is a place known as the Weaverton Road. Floral Park, situated at this place, is known to hundreds of New Yorkers as a favorite pleasure ground for picnics and excursions. Just behind this park, it's a slaughterhouse where both Irish and Germans are employed. The question of nationality has seldom given rise to any dispute of the establishment, but on two or three occasions, some hot words were exchanged between the Celts and the countrymen from the Rhine. It was charged at one time that the latter were the special objects of favoritism, and whether the charge was well-founded or not, a feeling of jealousy was enkindled which never wholly died out since. Yesterday morning, four Irishmen and a German named Frederick Kelling had a dispute which culminated fatally. Beef. Everybody's got their, their, what beef do they call hands. it? Beef hands up. Everybody got their <laughs> beef hands up because we got beef. We got beef and cabbage. <laughs> so, um, so one of the Irishmen named Thomas McDermott drew a revolver and presented it at Kelling when the latter drew a large butcher knife and plunged it to the handle in McDermott's breast. Amber and Barb are acting it out. Amber just got to feel Barb up. Uh, the unfortunate man fell backward and expired almost instantly. Kelling then walked coolly into a lager beer saloon in Union Hill, called for a gin cocktail, and having drank it, surrendered himself to Justice Newsheller. As soon as the intelligence went abroad, crowds flocked to the place and viewed the body of the murdered man. The inquest will take place today. In the meantime, Kelling remains in jail. He takes the matter very calmly, maintaining that he acted solely in self-defense. And honestly, he, he, he took a gun to a knife fight, and he, he seems to have acted in self-defense. I'm on his side. I'm not usually on the murderer's side, but if, it's, if it's, his tale is the truth, then I'm with him. It's a ballsy move. Mm-hmm. Butcher knife, like you're, you're standing there facing a gun, you're like, well, I got a butcher knife, so, uh... <laughs> it's not the weapon, it's the willingness to use it. Yes. I can appreciate that. It's the motion of the ocean? Mm -hmm. Only sometimes, that's true. <laughs> what you got, Amber? Aside from the motion of the ocean. What you got, Amber? I have a persistent thief for you. That's not where I thought you were going with that. <laughs> Isom Stewart of Houston moved from the house where he had lived because a sneak thief often broke in to steal his clothes and other belongings. After he moved... A <laughs> Ladies and gentlemen, we are now seeing a headline not related to Amber's current no, story. No, it's really hard to keep talking. More info on that later. We'll, get there. we'll get there in a moment. After he moved, a thief began stealing boards from his house. Stuart took no action, but when the thief returned with the truck and hauled away the floors and walls of his house, he went to a justice of the peace to file a complaint. Speaking of ballsy, okay. I've been depressed before <laughs> and not particularly interested in the world around me. But I feel that's a new level upon which one can consider. Yeah, they yeah. started with his clothes and then his stuff. And he's like, eh, whatever. And then they took floorboards. And he's like, this is fine. I can still move along the rafters. <laughs> they needed resanded <laughs> anyway. To be fair. To be fair. Every single person in this room has been privy to the theft of 
part of a house because you have been to my home <laughs> and we had definitely were stealing wood from the abandoned property to burn. I no, enjoy how no, dull it Mr. We, Crimes We on the were podcast. not that was not theft. That was we were assisting urban pioneering. We were helping the city destroy <laughs> we the We were assisting to clean up after the previous owners. It was blight remediation and you know it. You know what? This town does need blight remediation. It I was think we should go put on all the houses. Fight the blight! Fight the blight! Fight the blight! <laughs> To be fair, all this blight fighting has made having fires in the backyard so much more difficult. (laughs) (laughs) All right, so the the thing that made everybody start giggling a moment ago is that I have a headline from 1963. It's not even a headline. This is part of an ad for a movie theater, but it has the best name ever. We'll get to that one in a second, yeah. But this movie theater has the best name ever, and so they, they use a little rhyme when they're talking about their, you know, coming attractions. Today at the gay. Can you screenshot that and send it to Beast? Sure, I sure can. And then below that, no, it's ten cents for adults and five cents for children at the gay. Just so you know. And below that, I have a separate article. It's actually three different things, very short, each of them. So first, we have this article about Bobby, a pet quail. She's owned by Mrs. L.E. Mayer. More uh, birds. Uh, more birds, but there's more to this than that. Don't worry. Of Oklahoma City. And the quail hops after her as she does her housework. The bird likes to listen to the radio and joins in the singing. I love it, and I want this quail. If we could, like, I'm sure we'd have to resurrect it from the dead. Are you, are you familiar with the term as cute as a button? Yes. It's not an actual button to which this refers. It oh. is... A button quail. <gasps> oh, I love that. They're like the tiniest little, stripiest little things, and they are indeed the cutest thing by which we measure our standard. That is wonderful, and I love it. Now, the thing is, is that below that, we have, this is all, this is three different sections of the newspaper, all like crammed into one, right next to each other. Below that, we have an ad for a medicine. 666 checks colds and fevers. First day headache, 30 minutes, liquid, tablets, salve, nose drops. Next to that, we have something that you might not know what it is until you know a little bit of the history behind some certain women's movements, issues, etc. Modern women need not suffer monthly pain and delay due to colds. Oh, she's showing us the quail. Ah, that is a cute little quail. Modern women need not suffer monthly delay and pain due to colds, nervous strain, exposure, or similar causes. Chichester's Diamond brand pills are effective, reliable, and give quick relief. Sold by all druggists for over 45 years. The thing is is that this is most likely at least intended to be, if not in actual effect, an abortion pill. So I need better glasses because I actually looked at your show notes and I thought it said, need not butter. And I was like, (laughs) what? I mean, like, it's, it's the old-timey newspapers. They're all kind of, like, you know, blurry and hard to read at points. But the thing is, this is how they sold pills intended to I- induce an abortion back in the old days was, was framing it. pills. Pills. Lysol. Yeah, well, I, I do have the, the Lysol thing. Yeah, I have that, too. I have an entire 
ad for, you know, Lysol as a douche to keep you fresh for your husband because you don't want your marriage to fail because you weren't fresh for your husband because you didn't shove some Lysol up your twat. I know, that's why it my marriage It wasn't about failed. freshness. It was about being pregnant. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. So so, the, the, but this has been going on since, like, the, the late 1800s. And this was how they couched it in order to avoid the law coming down on them, although it didn't always work. But, in, you know, you don't want your period, you don't want your period to be irregular, right? Well, no, when is your period irregular? I like that. When you're pregnant. The, uh, the Oklahoma Metro library system just put out a memo that their librarians are under no circumstances to instruct people on how to search for abortions, to use the term abortion, or refer anybody to resources where they can provide information about abortions. I want to go to the Oklahoma House and call now. them all abortions. Like every single one of them. Or, or abortion, abortion, You abortion. should have been an abortion. You should have been an abortion. All right, so Amber's got something I can tell by the look on her face. That's what my mother always says to me. I've been called a failed abortion by more than one person. You want to pour more? Yeah, Jackson, you no, want to grab it. me some more? No, okay. Champagne? All right. Unless, unless we take Champagna. Champagna. <laughs> We are a fancy chip and Nagney. I really want to stop declaring dear listener, but it's stuck in my brain. Keep doing it. I think you got a thing there. You yeah, got a thing. It's yeah. totally cool. It's stuck in my brain. So where we left off was about our, our little abortion talk here. Oh yeah, we, we had a little um hour and a half. There's break. been drinking <laughs> and dear listeners, I apologize. <laughs> yeah, there was a brief Because my level of intoxication has gone from like six to ten. And I apologize. He is not driving home. No, no, he is not. So I'm going to tell you about the reason why I'm shocked that the Lysol thing was even a thing. Because let me tell you about some men from back in the day. We'll start with Ben Thoning. Greg Thoning. Ben. Ben Thoning. Yes, yes, Greg. Greg. He was the operator of a cotton gin at Byersville in Williamson County. And January 25th is his unlucky day. He says that accidents have befallen him on this day almost every year for the last 53 years. Damn! Thoning was attended by a doctor where he fell on the ice last January 25th and hurt his back. But it was 53 years ago that he suffered his first accident on January 25th when he lost his arm in a fall. Since that time... On January 25th, he has broken his other arm, had a thumb cut off, had his coat torn off when he was caught in a gin stand, and suffered other severe falls. His what now? Just every limb torn off. His his what? First he lost his arm, and then he got a thumb cut off, and then he had his coat torn off. Coat. All I'm saying is... All... (laughs) (laughs) We all know what Barb thought. All I'm saying is... If I had a day that was that unlucky, I'd uh, stay in bed. Yeah, yep. yeah. Yep. Because, because like, bad things have happened to me in bed. They're like 85% my fault. <laughs> right, speaking of 85% your fault, how about this gentleman that ran over a car? I Monster right. truck? Ran over a car. Yep. Jephthah Wondrum, Big Spring, suffered a queer auto accident. <laughs> queer. Yeah, well, I've only all been there. He ran over a car and has a sprained back and dislocated shoulder to prove it. Apparently, a motorist had a dead battery. He was trying to push the vehicle, and then the vehicle stopped, and he was still pushing, and he ran it over with his body. 
Dear lady listeners, if you have a monster truck, I would love to hang out. Joel is real thirsty right now <laughs> and <laughs> looking for your attention. Monster trucks. Eggs. Eggs. You have eggs that are large. Pig, drug delivering pigeons. Please. He, he is your man. Instagram. Brass passed off as gold <laughs> is me. Please, please follow me. Joel is much better than our next gentleman. Tyler resident forgot what the sun looked like during the recent extended cloudy weather. When the sun came out after a few days, this man called the fire department. The sunshine on a snow-covered roof from which steam was rising apparently looked like a fire. Okay, we make jokes about that in our region, uh, but I don't think anybody has seriously forgotten what the sun looks like. <laughs> yep, he actually forgot what the sun looked like and called the fire department. Like sometime I, in early April, we're all like, what's this orange ball of fire that is making you warm? I have forgotten joke. what the sun, sun looks like. Substances. <laughs> but like, I'm not calling... The police to be like, hey, there's a great <laughs> big ball of hot. <laughs> you haven't yet. All right, so I'm going to read um, Bachelor gives reasons why men should remain single. Ooh, I'm yeah, interested. Yeah. I'm interested. This is a letter to the editor. Sir, on the question of why young men should marry, or the Bachelor question, I should say the person who wrote that letter is a fit subject for that place up along the river known as the Straw Hat Gang Asylum. I don't know why the Straw Hat Gang. This is that's obviously where I found this. It's in my search for the Straw Hat Gang riots and everything. The Straw Hat Gang Asylum. Specifically, apparently, for either people who wear straw hats or people who steal straw hats from those who wear them after Labor Day. We're not sure, and is not a. Fit's subject to be running at large is a poor, unfortunate married being himself and only envies the life of a free man and a bachelor. Why is it there are so many bachelors? If you don't know why, I can tell you. Show me one girl out of one dozen that knows anything about housework. And I will show you 99 out of 100 that don't know the first thing about housework and don't want to know. All they are good for is to dress in the latest style and run the streets or to theater, balls, or parties. Nine times out of 10, when a young man gets married and wants to have a nice home of his own and go to housekeeping, why he finds out that he has only married a piece of parlor furniture and a poor piece at that and has got a wife in name only. No wonder there are so many divorce cases and separations and bachelors. Can you blame them? I am an old bachelor and proud of it. And my advice to all young men and old is to remain bachelors. I am yours respectfully. A free man and a bachelor. That was a fucking choice. <laughs> Did I write an article? <laughs> what was the year on this? <laughs> I think this was in like 1912. <laughs> yeah, no, that was when I was about 16. <laughs> Joel is a vampire, by the way, yeah. dear listeners. Or a time traveler. I'm also team nuke the moon because my sister thinks she might be a werewolf. <laughs> well, werewolves are coming up a lot. I will circle back to that outside the podcast. Yes. But her husband has kicked her out of the bed because she growls. Wow. 
I mean, I burrito myself into the blankets and I still haven't been kicked out of the bed. <laughs> she growls, apparently. I'm sorry, Lana. I know you don't <laughs> listen to this, but I'm sorry. I have a, st a quick one about a bachelor. Yeah, let's hear it. Jake T. Bowman, 74, well-known bachelor of Waco, was getting along all right and fighting a fire that started in the old Thompson Dillers rooming house until some women came to help him put out the fire. He's got the gay. <laughs> this is the way he tells it. I was getting along all right putting out that fire that started from an oil stove in my room when some women came round. I'm an old bachelor and women make me nervous, so I just quit fighting the fire and let her burn. The 12-room, two-story house built about 38 years ago was a total loss. Wow. I love the idea of the opposite sex coming in to save you and being like, well, that's just too much for me. <laughs> I, am a, out. <laughs> I am a nearly middle-aged bachelor and... We don't talk about that. Don't women <laughs> make me nervous, but like... In a good way. <laughs> All right, so if they make you nervous, then you should beware of that second blooming, as one man wrote in the oh, paper. No. The sex impulse seems to assert itself all the more strongly if it has been smothered or submerged in business or hard work for many years. I don't know why I thought you were going to say butter. Well, I mean, we could submerge it in business, hard work, or butter. Or mayonnaise. Then, in what the Norse authoress calls the second blooming, when a hard-working man has made his pile and can rest and recreate his pile of money. <laughs> I should say that's, why. that's what they mean. Oh, the one you roll around in. Exactly that one. Scrooge yeah. McDuck style. Scrooge McDuck style. And can rest and recreate a bit and tag around with the women he was obliged to a screw in his youth. I think they meant eschew. I eschew in my youth. They very much... They very much wrote a screw. I did some a screwing in my youth yep. too. I'm actively uh, a screwing it, in my youth. Are you? Am I? No, 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 no. It gets better. It gets better. Okay. He was obliged to a screw in his youth. The flippity floppity poppity stuff seems to exude stronger than in the boys who gave their fancies free fling in their youth. I am not interested in the flippity floppity stuff. Yeah, and if it's flippity floppity, I don't want it. Uh, having provided uh, against the rainy day, having got the, the dear listeners, Joel is not ever flippity floppity. He will assure you of that. <laughs> We're gonna get you a girl out of this, Joel. I swear to God. I'm going to hell. Having got fear of need out of his soul, the grave and serious man becomes the carefree, irresponsible boy again. Only he fails to keep his passionate effusions to the ever easily erasable slate writing and to the short and pithy pungency of the schoolboy. Work, no schoolboys. Education, experience do not destroy the powers of nature. So this is apparently like the seven year itch or something of that degree or something that like the bachelor in his 50s or whatever comes to and he becomes a schoolboy again. And apparently just everything he's learned goes out of his mind and he's both a screwing things and he's a flippity floppity poppity. I, think, I am not flippity is, floppity poppity. But schoolboys might be flippity floppity. <laughs> they might be, but don't, if you're a schoolboy, please. Yeah. Do not find brass passed off as gold on Instagram because <laughs> I am not interested. <laughs> Go ahead, Amber, what you got? I'm I have going an to unwelcome. Hell. It's fine. I can't talk. I have an unwelcome visitor, a Dallas. <laughs> That's what I call my period, okay? Yeah, right. A Dallas woman, knocked down on the street by an automobile, was taken to the hospital. 
one of her first visitors was a policeman who gave her a ticket for jaywalking. <laughs> okay, so... <laughs> When I lived in Las Vegas, first of all, never... One, two, one, three. (laughs) Never walk in... Never jaywalk in Las Vegas. Because if you get hit, even if you are a 15-year-old girl and in a coma, you will get a ticket for jaywalking. Are you saying this from experience? Were you a 15-year-old girl in a coma? No. But when I lived in Las Vegas, a 15-year-old girl did jaywalk. And did get struck by a taxi and did end up in a coma and, and did ticket. get a ticket. Oh, my God. Be that as it may, it may be that the ticket was compulsory because the insurance companies were involved. Yeah. So the cops had to issue the ticket because the insurance companies would be making the claim that the damage to the car was as a result of an illegal action. Yeah. Yeah. That stuff happens. Like, there was that uh, woman who her niece, I think, her her young child niece had, like, run into her and hurt her in some way at a birthday party a couple years ago. And she had to file a claim with her insurance because she got hurt. And and this is all very, like, loose remembrance of the case. But it was a case of the the insurance company's lawyers were going to be the one fighting it. So she had to report Mm -hmm. it in order to not have to pay for lawyers and and everything in order to get paid. So people may not be shitty, but insurance companies are almost always. Oh, yes. Yes. yes, Oh, yes. yes, yes. Do you guys remember shortly after I moved here when I was like, I wonder how fast I can get my bicycle down the parking lot garage? Oh. And I got backed into by a minivan. No, no, you I may not have been this. there that, that night, but like, yeah, no, I got nailed by a minivan. And they're like, Shit. like I got hit hard, and they're like, "Are you okay?" I was like, "Oh, I'm drunk." <laughs> like, yes, no, I'm fine. Like, let let's not get anyone involved in this. <laughs> and like, I went to the hospital the next day and I had two broken ribs. Oh, Jesus. Oh, no. Yes. Well, my health insurance was way cheaper than the ticket that I'd have gotten yeah, for being drunk on a bicycle. So, okay. I have, um... Oh my god, I'm an asshole. What did those... It's okay, if you want me to, I'll edit anything. No, leave that in. So, I have... The, there's horrible. those sections of the old-timey newspapers where they they publish little jokes. Oh, God. Okay. Oh, they're laugh. horrible. They're horrible. But a the second one, lull. I have two of them. The first one is... Okay, I'm just going to say them. Uh, this first one is called Compromise, and it's between Ma Twaddles and oh, Pa Twaddles. I don't know why they give them these names. Like, Smith. Smith would work. Smith would work. Twaddles is funner. I so, can't. Ma Twaddles... What ails this child? I don't know whether he needs a doctor or a spanking. Potwaddle says, well, I'll spank him while you're calling the doctor. And then we have uh, vigorously expressive, another joke that we're given here. And this is between unnamed people. We'll just call them uh, Mr. Twaddles and Mr. Twat. Um, (laughs) So uh, your wife has such expressive eyes. Yes, and she does pretty well in that line with her tongue, too. Oh, See, my. They, they meant that as in she talks a lot, but we in this day and age, definitely. Oh, yeah, yeah, she's a cunning linguist. Wait, no. <laughs> no, but that's, she's, still a, she's still a cunning linguist, honey. Uh, <laughs> sentences I will share for after the podcast. <laughs> what you got, Amber? I have C.J. Tate of Fort Worth 
he found a wallet on the street in which there was a check for some $965. This is back in 1948. And some personal papers. Tate took the wallet with check and papers to the police. The check, the police discovered, was signed, Try and Collect. <laughs> Good fucking luck is <laughs> how that goes in another way. All right, so I've got a, uh, a jeweler who is on trial, and but he's got some other shit going on in his life, as we all do. So San Francisco jeweler J. Robert Gomez, 36, was granted a delay of two weeks in his jewel theft trial today because of the imminent death of his father. Judge Norman Elkington allowed the continuance until January 21st after he read affidavits from two physicians stating that the condition of Joseph Gomez is, quote, in the terminal stage and that, quote, death is expected at any moment. So this is the father of the man on trial. There was no objection from the San Francisco attorney. The son is charged with robbery, conspiracy, and receiving stolen property as the alleged mastermind in the theft of $112,000 worth of jewels from the Knob Hill and Pacific Heights homes of two of his former customers. Holy fuck, when was this again? 1963. 1963. This is well over a million, I'll tell you Yeah, no, it's a substantial amount of money. The macabre issue of life and death entered the trial twice yesterday. It came up first when the younger Gomez failed to appear for the opening session. His attorney told the court that the father lay dying at St. Joseph's Hospital. Then Davis conceded that the younger Gomez was not among the family members at the hospital at that time. At that time. And at that time, a few hours later, young Gomez was located in his pajamas at his Mill Valley home and asked, what trial, when an informal search party arrived. He appeared for the afternoon session and Davis, after three other requests had been denied, reintroduced the state of Joseph Gomez's health and asked for the two weeks continuance. So they're like, can you please continue this because uh, his dad is dying? And they find the dude in his PJs at his house and he's like, what trial are you even, what, uh, charges? What charges? (laughs) I'm in my jammy jams. I'm in my jammy jams. I need to go take a shower. So I got pulled over for a traffic violation and the ticket never came in the mail and eventually the state police showed up at my home yeah and they were like they're like hey what's going on i was like i don't know what you're talking about and they're like we need to take you somewhere uh-huh and i was like all right cool let me take a shower and smoke a cigarette and i will peacefully go wherever you're going <laughs> and they're like well make it a quick shower <laughs> And I appreciate that they're amenable, though. Like, well, yeah. it's just like, I was like, look. I mean, they don't want to smell you any more than you want to smell I was you. like, I'll go peacefully if you let me do these things. But if I don't shower, I'm going to be a little bitch and smack you up. There will be fucking riots. So, yeah. so the, the best part of it was, is that day I was supposed to start a new job, and I had to call my boss and be like, hey, man, I'm going to be late today. I got picked up by the 5 <laughs> And they're like, all right, cool, just make it here when you can get here. I mean, that's I, a good sign. We live in Johnstown. I literally taught at the community college. And in a night class, I had a student stand up one night and say, as if it was a normal thing that happened every week, 
I'm sorry, I gotta go. My mom got in a bar fight and she was arrested. I gotta go bail her out. Literally, like, and she just waltzed out like it was no big deal. Like, we don't need to take this any further. We don't need to discuss it in any manner. And that's fine, because it's her business. But she just waltzed out and I'm, I'm just standing there like, um, uh... No, I get it, I get it. Okay, like, so, um, conjugating verbs or something. I what get it. Like, somebody says something, like, you got shit to handle... I'm good with this. What What are you trying to communicate to Jackson? I'm confused. The beach is so pretty I on know. this YouTube watch. I know. Isn't it gorgeous? I want to be there right now. Is it 4K HD I want? I hate Probably, the yeah. beach. All right, Amber, each and I, uh, you, you one more and then me one more. All right. Well, I mean, I, mine is kind of technically I'm tell you more. about a badass. Woo. Yeah, woo. Never trust a wild animal. Wild animals can never be fully trusted. There is no such thing as a tame wild animal. This is true. These are the opinions of Mabel Stark, who for 32 years has been training tigers for circus and movie appearance. Okay, unexpected. The tigers? The tiny blonde, no longer young, but as agile as ever, she's past 60, bears the scars of innumerable accidents to prove her point. Other women have worked with lions, leopards, and even panthers, but Miss Stark is foremost among the trainers of her sex who specialize on the unpredictable, tricky tiger. I never make pets of them, never put my hands on them, she declared. The thing to remember is this. Every time something happens to a trainer, you'll notice the animal was reputed to be docile. It's always the good tiger that gets you. Tigers don't like to work on movie sets as well as in cages. Studio stages, even disguised as jungles, confuse them. And unlike some wild beasts, tigers do not become more pacific with age. Miss Stark has no thoughts of retirement, although she quit during the war to work for the government. She's back in the business now, handling tigers for a film. I've 40 weeks ahead of me with the circus and an option on next year, she related. As long as my hair stays blonde... I guess I'll never really quit unless a tiger retires me for good. What did her mullet look like? What do we think she was doing during the war? That was the second question. Yes. She refuses to count her accidents, accepting the worst. This occurred at Bangor, Maine in 1928. An enraged cat fractured her skull, broke various bones, ripped away several muscles, and put about 300 holes in her. She's the Joe Exotic <laughs> of the 20s. As for the rest, you get to expect a few broken bones now and then. After all, you can break an arm in traffic too, you know. Wow. She's not wrong. I've I mean, broken many a bone in traffic. You have, you have, and you haven't even uh, tamed any lions or anything. So, um... <laughs> Yeah, what the hell, Joel? Joel, come on. I ride bones. a motorcycle and I ride hard and, like, I, I accept it. You know, and Joel, you have not a single tiger to show for it. If you want to find a woman amongst our dear audience, our dear listeners, dear I think audience, you need if to you have a tiger. A tiger. <laughs> if you have a tiger, dear audience, if you want and a you want to ride on a motorcycle, brass passed off his gold on Instagram. <laughs> All right, so... My final one, here is a man, I have two separate small articles about him. Here is a man who was looking for a woman. <laughs> I can relate. Wanted widow for a present. John Farrell hung up his stocking to get a help meet. 
This is an embossed. A what now? A, a help? A help meet. It was a kind of sort of religious, biblical type term for a wife. Yeah, I don't want yeah, that. Yeah, I know, I know. So, uh, John Farrell, aged 55, hung up his stocking Christmas Eve with the expect expectancy of a youngster. I don't like that they put it that I, way. That makes me uncomfortable. And sincerely hoped the Santa Claus would remember him. Farrell desired no ordinary gift. Nothing more than, as he expressed it, quote, a real live baby about 40 years of age, a widow preferred. Yeah, so I can dig what he's putting out there, but... Farrell, the, the, the terminology he uses I is I don't distressing. like youngster. It's like, very, no. And a, a real live baby is distressing as fuck. <laughs> like, that is very distressing. Can I don't like it. Can you please make an old-timey, crabby sticker that says distressing as fuck? Because <laughs> yes, I will I put will. it on my motorcycle helmet. And there is so much that we have read on this <laughs> show that it's been distressing as fuck. So. Yes. A widow preferred. Farrell addressed the following letter to Santa Claus. This is a 55-year-old man. He's writing up Sanny. Writing up Sanny, which was opened at the Boston Post Office on Christmas. He literally sent it to the post office. I'm writing up Sanny this year. My dear old Santa Claus, as you are bringing much happiness to thousands of children, why cannot you let a bright ray of sunshine into my life? I am an old fellow, 55 years old, a widower with no children, of good character and in good health. Own a good home and work the year round. Will you please send me a real live baby about 40 years old, a widow preferred, no objection to one or two children. Please do the best you can for me and oblige. Signed, a lonesome man. Hold up. <laughs> <laughs> oh, there's a lot to unpack here. There's a lot of hole up right here, yeah. Does he want a baby or a baby mama? Uh, or is the 40-year-old the baby? He wants a 40-year-old, and with current knowledge of biology, I think he just wants a a, a lady. And he, it's not a baby mama, necessarily. He's okay with he's she He's not looking kids. to make babies. Yeah, but he's not looking to make babies. He's but he's all right if you've got babies. And if you can also cook, probably, I'm sure. So this is the follow-up. I did I did do a little bit of digging. I couldn't find anything past this on him. But a couple weeks later, after Christmas had passed, John Farrell, who asked Santa Claus to make him a Christmas gift of a real live baby about 40 years old, I will never stop hurting from saying those words, has found the old gentleman much too generous, and the New Year finds over 500 women have written the 55-year-old Swain anxious to share his heart and home. Mr. Farrell has six eligibles... I'm going to say that again. Mr. Farrell has six eligibles now under consideration. He is undecided as to whether he will marry a Boston blonde of 47 summers or a Fascinating brunette of North Berwick, Maine. Washington's birthday is the date set by John for the marriage ceremony, even though he hasn't picked a wife yet. All I'm saying is if this dude got 500 plus people, 500? and I don't get three people hitting me up at Brass Past Office Gold <laughs> on Instagram, I'm gonna cry. Ladies, ladies, this man. <laughs> It's not even Christmas, all right? But you can still give him a gift. Hit him up at Brass Passed Off as Gold on Instagram. He's not looking for 40-year-old babies. He's just looking for a woman, 
All right, no babies. <laughs> no babies. <laughs> I am so sorry, dear listeners. But I have decided that this is Joel's Tinder at Old Timey Crimey. <laughs> but I've been drinking. And you know what? Joel is a very sweet, nice, funny guy that you would be incredibly lucky to have. So I'm just going to not put any ads or anything in this episode and it's just gonna be me like, advertising Joel. advertising joel <laughs> brass passed off as gold girls <laughs> so, i'm broken <laughs> we all are we hit a hundred thousand downloads and therefore apparently we can do whatever the fuck we want and get incredibly drunk and drink champagne and talk Woo! about old newspapers Woo! this has been so fun Our audience of one, <laughs> but it's the most important one in the world. Love you, honey. Thank you for your support. I would like to thank Jackson for his unending support. He wants to listen to this podcast every single week before it even releases, and he loves it, and that is so heartwarming to me. We truly are, as all of our friends say, the best couple. That's, That's true. <laughs> and if you're not a Patreon, subscriber i am yes. and you're wrong yes you Subscribe. are wrong and Joel is right five bucks a month 60 bucks a year that's less do than it. the cost of a drink that you could buy joel yes, yes. do yes. it or or instead of subscribing date joel and steal his patreon yeah, no, I'm down with that. I'm down with that. Don't tell them. Also an option also could be done. So if you are the, you know, like, schemey type, then uh, that's that's your angle. Yeah, it's like stealing his Netflix password, but way better. Way better. Way better because it's Amber and Although, Christy and... Netflix has Stranger Things. I uh, don't. Yeah, but... Do if, you, say, if you're obsessed what? with Stranger Things, I'm not your dude. I can't get into yeah, it. Yeah, no, Joel can't get into Stranger Things. So if you also can't get into Stranger Things... Um, I mean, but if you can, also still hit him up. Brad no, it's up not a problem. On I Instagram. Res- I respect that Stranger Things is good. I just can't get into it. Again, grass <laughs> okay. passed off as gold at Instagram. All right, that's the last time we've been been you. I swear to God, he didn't even ask us to do this. It just became a thing that we didn't even intend to do. So I would like to thank our dear listeners. Our dear listeners, dear listeners. Dear listeners for putting up with our shit for 100,000 times all together as a, as a group. I would like to th- like to th- I would like to thank Barb and Joel and Beast and Chris Garcia. Have we had any other guests that I can't think of? Well, there's our friends over at Transatlantic History. Yes, they're uh, wonderful. We have had some wonderful conversations with them. If you scroll back through ours and if you go back to the, uh, their feed, we uh, I think that's about it as far as guests are concerned. I would like to thank Amber. I would like to thank Christy. Amber is honestly, I'm gonna get Weepy the best co-host. We are becoming one person very slowly. We sometimes wear the same outfits yeah. unintentionally. They're hugging. We, we right have now. the same yeah. thoughts frequently. Um, we both had multiple bird articles. Yes, which is, we, is pretty telling. Right it there, it really says a lot right there <laughs> about where our heads are. So I would like to thank Amber for being the best co-host I could possibly ask for. This podcast has been a ride, and I can't wait to see where else it takes us. So 
I'm very excited and I'm very thrilled to have all of you along for the ride as we delve into more old-timey crimes, hopefully in a little bit more sober manner. Nah, we don't need to do that. No promises. Don't go crazy. <laughs> so we love you all, listeners. Thank you all so much. We could not have gotten here without you. And uh, with your help, we will see one million. And I can't fucking wait. So, uh... Cheers, listeners! Cheers, listeners! Dear listeners. And, you know, it's been a while. Thank you for listening to our filthy words. Our filthy, filthy bird words. Filthy bird words. The bird is, in fact, the, the word. Bird, bird, bird. Bird's the word. Bird, bird, bird. Bird's the word. Bird. Bird's the word. Bird. Bird. Bird's the word. Bye. Bye. Later. Let's clink. Yes! yes. Yeah. <laughs> Everybody make this bank sound. <laughs> 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 There's nothing I love more than burping on Mike. So are oh, you right back? You guys should do a bloopers reel. Oh, we we I have yep, plenty have of material. Yep. Minimal so, editing. We always episode. listen to the end of the episodes, by the way.